The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. America's top talk shows with breaking news, traffic, and weather. WHIO! W-H-I-O. And good morning and welcome to There is a Season, the Geezer and Whippersnapper Hour. I'm not sure who's who, but Gloria oh, always has the answer I'm for that. certain who's who. <laughs> it's always certain. More and more each day. This is the Bob and Gloria <laughs> Show, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. And I would be Bob Wolf. The Geezer. And I am Gloria Shanahan. The in-studio whippersnapper. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us today. 457-1290 is the number to reach us. And we'll definitely want to hear from you on our topic this morning. But remember, call early. 937-457-1290. And we will be speaking about some true whippersnappers here in, you know, in just a moment here well, when we get into this. Maybe geezers. M- maybe geezers. It, it all depends it. on how you see yourself, right? So <laughs> as anyone who has raised kids I'm just knows... There are certainly a lot of rewards from that activity, right? Absolutely. Perhaps in past generations, people didn't make much about it. You know, you just had kids and moved on until it was the next generation's turn to grow up and become parents. You know, it's just a matter of fact. Well, there's probably some truth to that matter of fact perception of having kids. But I think most people would say that there's a great deal of joy in the in the birth of kids and for so many of us watching them grow, you know, caring for them, teaching them, seeing them become hopefully responsible children and later adults. That would be the plan, right? That would certainly be the plan for a lot of us. That's that's the hope we would have. Right. Uh, I don't think any responsible parent could argue that there is certainly joy and hope anytime a new baby is born. And we celebrate that in our society in a lot of different ways. We've talked here a lot about the first 20 years, you know, in, in a lifetime and all the becoming that goes on in, in those those times, right? We, mm-hmm. we think of them starting with a fresh piece of paper as we author that story or as we watch people author their own story. And we celebrate all of that. Now, of course, before we get to Norman Rockwell, you know, with you about all of this, there is the other side of parenting. Like a coin toss, there's the side you want to come up heads, right? Or mm-hmm. tails. It could be heads or tails. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And there's the other side that you'd rather avoid at least in the short term. Right. Sounds like a 50-50 proposition, Bob. It feels like that. Good days, bad days. We've all had them with our children. But I hear what you're saying. Raising kids is also sometimes no picnic. There are many tiring days, many days when kids fail us, and many days I would say that we also fail them. There are accidents, bad decisions, and other things that color the whole journey of parenting. If anybody ever tells you, oh, it was easy, you know right off that they're lying. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, they don't I, want you to know something. I look back and I can think of any number of people <laughs> who used to see when when we were raising our kids and they were real little and they would look over and they'd point a finger and say, well, just you wait. You know, oh, you, people yeah, say yeah. that. You always sense there was something right around the corner right. uh, that you hadn't experienced yet. Well, as we've shared on other programs we've done, there are certain elements that tend to make for more successful parenting over the long term. Many have called this the success sequence or something similar to that. And it goes kind of like this. You finish high school, 
you get a full-time job once you've finished school, and then you get married before you have children. I think this would re register as true for a lot of people, right? So finish school, get a job, get married before you have children. Many researchers, anthropologists, sociologists, uh, civic and, and religious leaders, and others have often called this formula uh, the way to go for a couple of reasons. One is it helps to avoid poverty long-term, statistically, mm -hmm. that's been the case. And it also creates the foundation for having a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the term family means a lot of things to a lot of people, something that we've covered in another show that we did here recently. But obviously, not all families are the same, Bob, right? Mm -hmm. Just as there are many ingredients in what we might call successful families, leaving aside the tendency for a lot of us to use the well-worn label of dysfunctional. Yeah, who hasn't said that at some point? Right. Right? Many families have struggled significantly. The product of unresolved incompatibility, changing values, divorce, poverty, violence, and many other problems. And we live in a culture now that has millions of families all across the spectrum from what might be called healthy all the way to broken. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't, there might have been a time in this society when you could say you had a general idea what a family was. You know, perhaps 50 or 60 years ago, people would have said, this is kind of what I think a family is. Nowadays, that definition could be just it's about anything. all over the place, yeah. And as soon as you point to a lot of the, the maladies or the pathologies that have worked against the family in the last 40 or 50 years, apologists of every stripe will talk about choices and preferences and variations on the traditional nuclear family model. Fine. We're not here to parse what works for any one person or set of people. But in looking back decades and centuries, we can confidently say that certain things worked more than others, whether you call it a success sequence or not. And regardless of the moral or cultural discussion about what has helped or hurt the family over the years, the reality is that many children right now are being raised by their grandparents. Yeah, and this is something that experts call kinship care. And the state of Ohio defines this as to be uh, a temporary or permanent arrangement in which a relative or any non-relative adult who has a long-standing relationship or bond with the child and or family has taken over the full-time substitute care of a child whose parents are unable or unwilling to do so. And there are some technical aspects of this under the law that, that we'll touch on here a little bit later on, but it has become uh, a bigger and bigger thing. There are millions of people now uh, currently engaged in some aspect of kinship care. And it's it's led to stories like the one we'll share with you this morning. This comes from a reporter named Alicia Huck, who produced a segment for KXNet.com. And it was called Raising North Dakota. So it's about stuff in North Dakota. Okay, just a little hint there. Right? In this report, Huck shares that for every one child raised by a relative in foster care, there are 19 children being raised by a relative outside of foster care. So we, we refer to the foster care system, right? We have a, a sense that kids who have maybe come from troubled families have gone into foster care, but many of those <clears throat> would be, that would be a formal situation, right? Recognized under law, but a great deal of, uh, of the kids that are out there are being raised by a relative outside of that system. And a number of those, excuse me, <clears throat> a number of those relatives raising children outside of foster care are grandparents. They could be aunts and uncles and other, other kinds of uh, folks, but a lot of them are grandparents. Right. 
So uh, Alicia Huck, who, who raised, uh, who, who did this segment called Raising North Dakota, writes about a local grandmother in her area who shares the joys and challenges of starting over. Nine-year-old Aiden is a happy, well-rounded boy who enjoys playing football, PlayStation, and swimming. But he did not have the easiest start to life. At just three years old, Aiden was living in Las Vegas with his mother, who struggled with a drug addiction. When Aiden's mother was no longer able to care for him, he moved to North Dakota with his aunt, and ultimately, like thousands of children across the nation, he moved in with his grandmother. It became necessary for somebody to provide him with a stable, loving environment. And so that was me, Aiden's grandmother, Cindy Gorham, explains. It wasn't something I had anticipated. Cindy Gorham was not aware of all that was happening during those formative years. Aiden was in Las Vegas, as as it says here, for a number of years while he was growing up. So when Aiden came to her, there were many challenges and a lot of catching up to do, new things that she discovered about all of this. And she says, those challenges were something I had not anticipated. But there were a lot of resources and education, and I plugged in, and now he's a regular, happy, little nine-year-old boy. We've done pretty well. We've done great. Well, statistics show that the number of grandparents raising grandchildren in the country is on the rise. And more than 2.3 million grandparents are responsible now for raising their children in the U.S. Family and caregiving expert Amy Goyer says that while numbers rise and fall, with other things that are going on in the nation, a lot of those being economic, addiction tends to be the main cause. She says there are many other causes, including the death of a parent, incarceration, or you might have a parent or, you know, alternating parents who are deployed in a military situation. You might have a parent with mental illness. These are some of the reasons that create these situations, according to Goyer. When it comes to raising her grandson, Aiden, Cindy Gorham says that while she may be a young grandmother, she doesn't have the physical and mental energy that she used to have. But when asked what is the biggest ongoing challenge she faces, she said, I had to decrease my 401k contributions significantly in order to provide for Aiden. So I have concerns when it comes time for retirement. What's going to happen? This challenge is one that millions of grandparents face across our nation. The financial challenges of raising a grandchild is something that you did not plan for, more than likely. The average age of a grandparent raising a grandchild is 57. And that can mean that a person is nearing retirement or already retired. That means that retirement savings you build up for years go down the drain to pay for tennis shoes for kids, tutoring, or maybe they're young enough to still need childcare. There are so many expenses associated with raising a child, she says. But as Cindy and thousands of other grandparents have discovered, there are resources available to help those in need. And we'll talk about some of those resources a little later in the program. While Cindy and Aiden have benefited from some of those programs, she feels that due to so many changes over the years, the criteria for qualifying needs some revamping. Now, when we started putting this show together, we looked back and said, when's the last time we talked about this topic? And I think it was five years ago, maybe five, Mm -hmm. six years ago, Mm -hmm. which kind of surprised me. Time flies. Um, and we've covered a lot of different angles about this whole idea of grandparents raising uh, grandchildren. Uh, I think in previous programs we had talked about, you know, what are some of the cultural differences when a person, you know, a young person comes into a new family, uh, you know, because of some crisis or maybe a, a parent has got an addiction or has become arrested or something and you have an 8, 9, 10, 11, 13-year-old, whatever, coming in in a situation. What is that cultural clash? How do you deal with house rules? 
right? Mm. You got this whole new dynamic going on. Uh, what about behavior? And there's different levels of behavior that are manageable and not manageable. Uh, what do you do about schooling, right? Right. I mean, sometimes grandparents don't live in the district potentially or the area where that child, it could be another state, as, you know, as a matter of fact. Um, there's a lot of challenges for both the child and the, the grandparent. You know, these grandchildren may come into this home uh, with behaviors or issues that the grandparents aren't even familiar with because maybe they weren't nearby or in touch with these kids until all of a sudden it's thrust upon them to raise these children. Yeah, and, and, and think about it. You could become a grandparent, realistically. You could even become a grandparent in your 30s. <clears throat> you know, if you had a young child or child when you were young and then that person yeah. has a child. Uh, or you could become a grandparent in your 70s. I mean, not become a grandparent, but a grandparent raising kids. And that's a huge uh, range of time. Mm -hmm. And it would affect people a lot of different ways. You know, she alludes in here, this um, uh, Cindy Gorham alludes to not having the energy anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, think sure of all huge. the things you do. And, and you can see people, when you've come through parenting and you look back and you see people dealing with the the pumpkin chair, getting in and out of cars and carrying the diaper bag and going through a lot of the routines. You say, geez, I was there. I remember how intense that period was, whether it was breastfeeding or bottle feeding or whatever it was, all the things that are involved in raising a kid at every stage. And you can't take it for granted. I mean, it is a, it's, a, it's a big involvement. Now imagine suddenly taking that on when you're 65. Yeah. Your you know? resources and your energy levels are definitely not what they were when you were younger. Right. So it leads us to the following questions for you, our listeners. And we'd love to hear from you today at 457-1290. Does this story sound at all like what you're going through or have been through? Are you a grandparent or other adult caring for someone else's child full time? And we just want to clarify this a bit. When we say full time, we don't really mean occasional babysitting so much or even regular family-provided daycare. I know a lot of uh, parents will drop a kid off with a grandparent for the day through the school year and all that. We're not really even talking about that. Really, we want to know that if you're now in a parenting arrangement you didn't expect and it's 24-7 and you were legally responsible for that child, what is that like? You're, you've now got a grandchild or a nephew or a niece. How's it going? What are your successes and what are your challenges? That is our topic for today. The number is 937-457-1290. Hop on board. And we'll talk to you when we continue. You are listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7, WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7, WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7, WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. And we're talking today about something called kinship care. Are you a grandparent raising a kid? Maybe an aunt or uncle raising a kid who's not yours, but in the family? Yeah. So 457-1290 to jump in on that. And we, we wanted to go back and talk a little bit about the definitions again, uh, just so, so we're clear on what this is. So kinship care refers to a temporary or permanent arrangement in which a relative or any non-relative adult who has a long-standing relationship or bond with a child and or family has taken over the full-time substitute care of a child whose parents are unable or unwilling to do so. 
It includes those relationships established through an informal arrangement, legal custody or guardianship order, a relative um, foster care placement or kinship adoption. Now, regardless of the type of kinship care arrangement, the kinship caregiver's voluntary commitment to devote their lives to the children in their care is definitely, you know, a courageous and life-changing decision. Kinship care represents the most desirable out-of-home placement option for children who cannot live with their parents. It offers the greatest level of stability by allowing children to maintain their sense of belonging and enhances their ability to identify with you know their own family's culture and maybe traditions. At least this is what is the hope. This is what this. the experts hope when they describe something as you know kinship care. It doesn't always work out that way, right? Just like you know, uh, foster care doesn't always work out, you know, in, in swimming ways. And, and uh, so, I guess that's the question we're asking today: Are you in this situation? Uh, over two million adults in the U.S. are in that role. So there's got to be somebody out there who can. There's got to be somebody here in our share area. Share a right. bit about what they're experiencing. So four, five, seven, twelve, ninety. We're <laughs> interested in what. Your successes have been, and also if, if you are a, a child, perhaps who was raised by a grandparent and can reflect back on that situation um, and, and how that went and what you came out of, that would be interesting to know that, that too. Um, we were talking about uh, this article, Raising North Dakota, The Joys and Challenges of Grandparents Raising Grandchildren by Alicia Huck. And that article got into, at least, you know, started with some of the basic challenges people are going to face. Some of them are going to be financial. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe you're saving for your 401k or even if you don't have a 401k, you're at a point in your life where maybe your earnings are starting to go down and you, you need to cover your uh, manage your costs very closely. And depending on the age of the so-called grandparent or aunt or uncle, uh, you, know, you could still be working yourself. So, you know, that is going to enhance that financial concern if you have to actually quit your job. Or go down to less hours because you know, like I said, some of these people are as young as fifty-seven years old. Yeah, and if and let's say you don't have a, a you're you not know. with a partner, or a spouse, or whatever who can help support that situation, but you happen to be the best aunt, uncle, grandparent around right. in a very challenging situation. What do you do, right? Now we have a lot of resources we'll share with you here in a moment because they they refer to that in this article. Um, there are resources available to those in need in this state and Indiana and other states around here. Uh, one of the things that uh, Cindy Gorham, who was in this article, uh, talks about um, is that the criteria has changed for qualifying for different kinds of aids. There is something called TANF, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, TANF, which will give you a couple of hundred dollars a month, according to Cindy Gorham. If I would have said I couldn't take them and put them in foster care instead, that family would get 800 to $900 a month. That was very frustrating. You, you wonder, why is it so out of balance like that? What do you have to prove? Right, right. It's kind of sad, too, that if they go into foster care, you know, that takes away oftentimes the relative or the person that that child might know, you know. Yeah, it's it's not it's, it's not it's ideal. Odd, no. So when we return, we'll be talk, taking your calls on this topic. Are you a grandparent or other relative now raising a child full time? Have you do, do you get legal custody for the individual? What has worked? What are your biggest challenges? Four five seven twelve ninety. That's nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. When we return, we'll be right back after the news. You are listening to There Is a Season on AM twelve ninety and News ninety five seven W H I O Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. 
And welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. 457-1290 if you'd like to share your insights or stories with us today. That's 937-457-1290. And we have just about, what, 15 to 20 minutes left. So hop on board and call. Right. If you want to get in here and share with us. We're looking uh, to talk with people who have been grandparents or other relatives who have taken on the raising of a child full time. Yeah. Aunt, uncle. Right. Could be a, could be other people. And and this is generally called in, within uh, law and within sociology and psychology is called kinship care. Mm-hmm. This is a temporary or permanent arrangement in which a relative or any non-relative adult has a long-standing relationship or bond with a child and or family and has taken over the full-time substitute care of a child whose parents are unable or unwilling to do so. So surely that, that fits what an awful lot of people have found themselves in. And you could have been, like we said earlier, 30s, 40s, you could be later, 60s or 70s, when suddenly something happened in your family. Maybe you thought it was going to you know, go away, maybe it was on the horizon, and then finally came true, and suddenly you were thrust into the role. And how would you feel about that, right? Yeah. We said this during the break. You know, you get to a certain point where you don't have the energy, you're kind of out of that phase, and suddenly you got to deal with it. Right. And, and or there's some that are, you know, extremely willing and, you know, actually maybe want to take over if they're watching things not go so well, you know, for their child's um, children. But, you know, for me, I would think, gosh, depending on your age, you could even uh, pass on, you know, die before you're done raising this child or helping to establish, you know, good guardianship. Which raises all kinds of problems because we've even talked about outside of the formal programs when a child becomes 18. In foster care. As if they're all finished by the time they're 18, right? They often have nowhere to go or... That's it. Yeah. 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 So it, it is a big, important role. Maybe you find yourself in that. 457-1290 to join the conversation. Let's welcome somebody who's in this spot right now. This is Tammy. Tammy calling from Springfield. And you have raised a child since how old? Um, she was three when we uh, when she came to live with us. Okay. So I'm assuming now, uh, how old is she at this point? She's 22. Okay. So you were a veteran of this whole whole thing, right? Uh, so what, what what precipitated this happening? Can you give us just kind of a short uh, uh, version of why you ended up in this role? Sure. Um, so her parents were um, both alcoholics. One was also a drug addict. And so she ended up living with her grandparents. But like you said, it's, you know, very tiring and they don't have the same energy. And we could see that they were, you know, having some issues and, um, so my husband and I talked about it and we decided that we would, um, give them a break for a couple of weeks. And my husband said, you know, that this is going to end up being full time. And I said, I know. And, um, from that time on, we, she was with us full time. So, and what was your role then officially to, in, in, you know, to- um, it, this was my husband's brother's daughter. So her aunt, Okay, I was her aunt. All right, so this was a situation, I'm assuming people knew that there was alcoholism and addiction going on, and this child, obviously at three, had been around for a while, so there had probably been some stories about um, the inconsistency or the volatility of that situation. And what were some of the challenges you saw the grandparents going through? Um, she was very, very high energy, and um, so they were, just, they were just wore out. Um, and their son, who was her father, um, was living with them as well. Um, and he would, 
you know, leave to go to the bar, you know, six, seven o'clock at night and just leave her with them. And, you know, they were trying to figure out, you know, activities, preschool. Um, she had asthma, doctor's appointments, all that. And it was just wearing them out. Yeah, I see that that would it, that would be hard for anybody to take that on. And so yeah. what 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 were some of the challenges um, that you faced once you took um, her under um, your care? One of the challenges that we faced was um, her parents were both still in the picture for a certain amount of time while we were taking care of her. Um, the mom did not know that she was living with us for for a time period, and when she did. Uh, she was very upset and was trying to, she did not have custody, the dad did, and so she was going to sue for custody, and um, she was she was very violent and just angry, and um, so we had that challenge, um, but right before we went to court, um, she got arrested for passing bad checks and all that, so that was a, that was a big relief that we didn't have to go through that, and then um, she ended up going to jail, so then she still had some time with the dad and he would tell her, Oh, I, you know, I love you. I miss you. I'm, I'm going to see you this weekend. And he would never show up. And so that would just send her in this emotional down spiral, you know, that it would take us, you know, a few days or a few weeks to help her get over that. And the times that she was able to go with him, um, he, you know, he basically didn't have any rules. She could do whatever she wanted. And, um, you know, we got her back and, you know, we'd get her back at the end of the weekend and we'd have to start completely over with her, you know, obeying the rules and that type of thing. And it was just very frustrating. Wow. Yeah, you that know, would be very difficult. And and when kids are little, um, you know, they don't they don't necessarily understand all the complexities of relationship and who's who and why I should be doing this or that. But as this child came into some higher level of consciousness and awareness, did um, did this child go through this struggle of saying, wait a minute, I thought moms and dads were supposed to be around. Why why are mine not here? And, and did that create some kind of tension for you in terms of your relationship with her? Um, not really. She never really went through that. Um, she may have, she may have internally, but um, we never. She never really vocalized that. Um. What she did go through as after her mom got out of jail and the mom wanted to see her and spend time with her, and we did that with very limited, you know, she had to be supervised and all that. And um, the mom ended up doing drugs again. And at 10 years old, she actually had the guts to tell her mom, I don't want to see you anymore. I can't, I can't, emotionally, I can't do this. And um, I was sitting there, she was talking to her on the phone, and my jaw just dropped when I heard her tell her that, because we had talked about it, but I didn't know. I was like, I can tell her if you want me to. And she said, no. She goes, I want to do it. And so she got to make the choice herself, um, you know, that she could, she knew that she couldn't do this emotionally, and that she got to make the choice to say, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. Wow. Um, that's amazing at, at 10 years old to be uh, yeah. in, in that situation and to have the poise or the courage to even say that. I mean, those, those are yeah. pretty remarkable things. Well, and that's kudos to you, too. She saw the other side of, you know, what it should be or wh- where her security was. You know, she was confident yeah. in that. So, yeah. I have a few other things here on, on our checklist, um, which I think you'll probably be able to, to address. Um, and I think a lot of people would be interested in. 
Was there any kind of ongoing tug of war? I mean, you talked about sometimes the promise of showing up and, and then not showing up, of failing in that regard. And you said you had gone to court to get, I believe, guardianship, you said. But were, yeah. there, were there promises or claims or pronouncements that, oh, I'm going to take my kid back and we're going to do it right and I'm all healthy and we're going to move on? And was there any of that stuff going on? No. The only time was when the mom found out that she was living with us and she tried to sue for custody. Um, the dad was completely happy that he was not taking care of her. Um, I mean, he basically saw her when he was forced to. So, I mean, he never one time tried to get her back or, I mean, he never went into rehab, you know, to try to straighten himself out or anything like that. It was never, we, we personally never had to deal with that. Okay. What kind of legal hoops did you have to go through for this process? Um, we didn't really have um, that many legal hoops. Um, we, at the time that we applied for guardianship, we did not know where the mom was. Um, we later found out that she was in jail. She just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. And, um, I mean, we, my husband basically went to his brother and said, sign these guardianship papers or you're going to have to take her back, you know, cause she had medical issues and, you know, we needed to be able to take her to the hospital without it being an issue and all that. Um, so he signed the papers and we went before the, uh, the judge and, you know, told him the story and. He signed off on it, and, you know, we had legal guardianship after that. So, Wow. So that, that happened pretty fast. Uh, we've yeah. got a couple other things we're thinking about here. So did you uh, happen to access any resources that might have been available to you, or did you have to kind of learn on the fly? We did not. Um, we did basically learn on the fly. Um, my Once we got guardianship, my husband was able to put her on our insurance, so we didn't have to worry about that. Um I guess I didn't really know that there would be a whole lot of resources available to us. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't really do a whole lot of research on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, we didn't really access any other kind of outside resources. Okay. We're going to get into the resource thing here in just a moment. Um, but I was curious to see whether you had uh, needed any of those. Um, and you've been very gracious with your time. I appreciate it. Can you give any recommendations if other people were in your shoes about whether to jump in or not, or what what the biggest challenges were, or things you'd avoid in the future. What would be your your, your gut check on, on the whole experience? Um, my gut check would be that your the, the child's welfare is your number one your number one priority. And if there's struggles with the parents, you may have to be the one to step in and say, you know, this is done. Um, which we had to do with the dad. We finally had to tell the dad, you're not seeing her anymore until you can commit to, even if it's one day a year, you know, you commit to that and you see her. Um, I think it's just you've got to understand that that they are the priority, you know, not what the other parents may want. You know, their well-being has to be what your focus is. And um, because there's so much they're going through, you know, abandonment, um, why doesn't, you know, mom and dad want to be with me anymore? You know, did I do something wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, all that they're, they're just going through trust issues. I mean, my daughter's 22 and she still has trust issues. You know, she won't trust anyone. Um, you know, if, if you have, if you're able to get them into counseling, um, to help them deal with some of that. Um, I just think, you know, 
it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard. And, um, but if you're willing to do it and do that for that child, um, you know, you don't know what, how much better their future is going to be for them if you're able to do it. So, well, Tammy, I think you and your husband are to be commended for this. And we'd uh, obviously welcome a call from your daughter at any point if she felt like uh, sharing her two cents on this whole thing. But really, I mean, you've done a blessed thing and I do appreciate so much of your time this morning. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, you for take care. Uh, bringing up this topic up because it's, it's a lot of people yeah. that are going through this. So, yeah. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. You take care, all right? Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Now, we, we mentioned uh, in the course of uh, our interview with uh, her these various programs, and uh, it turns out there are quite a few, and, and there's a lot in Ohio, and there may be some others in Indiana and Kentucky and other places uh, that parallel these, um, these services. A lot of the stuff that comes through the state comes through Job and Family Services, the offices of family and children. We've talked about kinship care. Well, they've got something called the Kinship Permanency Incentive Program, which is something um, worth looking into. And your eligibility uh, for this program includes that you have to have legal custody or guardianship, guardianship of a child awarded to you uh, based on the best interest of the child. The Public Children's Services Agency must have completed the relative or non-relative substitute placement approval process. You knew there'd be some bureaucracy to this, right? <laughs> uh, inclusive of a criminal background check as well as a completion of an application form. And what else needs to be on there? The gross income of the caregiver's family, including the child, and it may not exceed 300% of the federal poverty guidelines. So there is a lot already in Ohio law that has come down through some of these agencies. They also have in the state of Ohio, and we won't have time to cover all of this, but they have a PDF called the Ohio Resource Guide for Relatives Caring for Children. Everything you might want to know is on this PDF. It's it's uh, pretty extensive. So uh, we can tell you where to get that when we come back, plus a couple of other resources and some final thoughts on this topic of kinship care. And um, we thank you for listening today. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7, WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. And we want to thank Tammy for her, uh, her wonderful call. She really covered a lot of, a lot of ground in that. It may help many others that are, you know, in her shoes or at least to realize they're not alone. Yeah. And maybe yeah. what to do or some tips. And if you're looking for some resources, we got a plenty here. So grab mm-hmm. a pen and paper and we're going to, you know, send some things your way. Whether you access these or not, that's all up to you. There are some that are range from support groups. Some of it's just, you know, content to read, legal angles and so forth. But the Ohio stuff I mentioned, uh, the website for that is, you know, um, JFS. That's job and family services. Ohio.gov. And then look for kinship care. I don't want to give you the rest of the URL because it goes on many, many pages. So you're looking for the topic of kinship care from the Office of uh, Families and Children. And that's from the state. So that's the that's the official state-sponsored stuff. Now, what well, else do we well, have? Well, and there's another um, uh, coalition called the Ohio Grandparent Kinship Coalition. And uh, they state themselves as Ohio's statewide kinship navigator since 1998. 
And there are so many resources on their site, um, networking for caregivers, and um, just all sorts of information. So to learn more about that coalition and to get information about maybe meetings or events or a lot of resources, you can go to www.ohiograndparentkinship.org. That's www.ohiograndparentkinship.org. And it's uh, just to look down it's some of the, the bulleted things fight. on the list here. And they talk about things that we've we've covered really related to other uh, caregiving roles, particularly with dementia situations. We've talked about the self-care checklist. There is a wear and tear uh, that we've alluded to about people suddenly stepping into these roles. What do you do? Maybe you've raised kids before. Maybe you haven't raised kids before. But this is a different kind of situation. There's uh, a lot of, yeah, and, and these are all uh, websites you can click on off of this site and maybe download the information. You know, tips for a successful school year, taking care of yourself, uh, um, even, you know, Suicide Prevention Alliance Project. There's so many things that are probably a part of this whole journey for people who are you know, raising children. Yeah, things about social media and how to manage that when somebody comes in. Just think about that. You may or may not have a house that uses social media a lot, or you may have a certain uh, menu of media that you allow on your television. And somebody comes into a situation and they're used to either gaming or doing all kinds of other things on the internet that maybe you don't like. Well, how do you navigate that? Um, There's stuff about trauma in here. If uh, you've inherited a situation where there has been um, trauma. And just, just it goes on and Mental on. There's illness, plenty of things on there. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Um, I, it's a great site with a lot of links and um, things that you can actually print out or read for yourself. And that's the Ohio Grandparent Kinship Coalition. What was that URL again? Um, www.ohiograndparentkinship.org. So we've got those two. Uh, another one here is that some of the area agencies on aging actually have programs nested within them about uh, grandparents raising grandkids. So you want to check those out. And then there's another one called the Public Children's Services Association of Ohio. None of these things trip right off the tongue, but unfortunately. Um, this is a, a group that advocates for safe children, stable families, and supportive communities. And um, that is at... Uh, P-C-S-A-O dot org. If you miss any of these, how can people get in touch with us by email? Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. That's going to do it for us today. We appreciate you listening. This is an important topic, kinship care, and uh, we hope you appreciated it and liked what you heard here today. Let us know by writing to that email, Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. To everything, there is a season and at a time to every purpose under the heaven. It's time for us to go. Remember, dear friends, seek grace in every step you take. Never regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. For Gloria Shanahan, our producer, and everyone who makes the show possible, thanks for spending some time with us. You've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Have yourself a blessed week. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7. WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. WHIO, Dayton. WHIO, FM, Pleasant Hill. A Cox Media Group station. Powered by Back to Business IT. Take care of your business. We'll take care of your IT.